Amen. Amen, amen. Just keep praying about it, that uh, the Lord's will be done. I'm going to start this morning in an Old Testament scripture that you will uh, recognize once we begin to read this text. It's found in the book of uh, Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, and I want to begin reading of in the eighth verse. Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, and the eighth verse. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And I was talking about the uh, the scribes and and the men of God which had come forward to uh, take the word of God to the people. And Nehemiah, which is the Tershatha, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites taught the people and said unto all the people that this day is a holy day unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they had heard the words of the law. And then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this is a holy day unto the Lord, neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I know that last little stanza right there, we are very familiar with that. Probably quote that quite a bit. I know I do at times, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. I want to talk about the joy of the Lord this morning, and I just felt, you know, a lot of times um, we we preach some things that you know, may be heavy, may be uh, correct us and guide us and instruct us sometimes, but but I want to I want to talk about the joy of the Lord this morning. Lord, just put some thoughts in my heart, and hopefully it will minister to you. Lord, we pray at the reading of your word, at the preaching of your gospel, that our hearts, our old carnal hearts, and the carnal man, will step aside so, Lord, that the spiritual man can be fed. We pray this morning, Lord, that, that our hearts within us will reach out and just minister this thought to us and encourage us. We pray in your name, Jesus. Everyone said amen. Amen, amen. Nehemiah was... They were building back the city of Jerusalem. They had been in exile for quite some time. And they're building back. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed the city, destroyed the temple. And um, now the time had come that they were, they were sent back to restore the city and the temple. And it was a great job. They had some people that were fighting them continually upon them at one point that said that they they had to have a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. At least I've heard that preached that way. Trying to build and trying to fight at the same time. They finally get the city enclosed. And Sanballat and Tobias, they're really still yelling out threats against them. But now it's a safe place. Um, they have secured everything. They've got the gates up. They've got the walls up. They've got the city. They're 
they feel now secure in some way. And now the people said, bring forth the word of God. Bring out the law of Moses. We want to hear the law of Moses. And so that's what we pick up here. They hear the law said, and they paid attention to it. They heard it readily in their hearts. And they began to weep and cry. I think probably because they realized where they were. And they had a, they had a respect now for God. And, and where they were, it felt like they were far away from what God had. And they, and they had been out in a land where it was tough. It was rough. They were in captivity. But now, now they've come in and, and, and God has blessed them. And they're back in their city. I said, there's only 42,000 of them, which isn't a lot, but that's a pretty good congregation when you get together and they're hearing the word of God. And so they're weeping. And now, now Ezra, Ezra said, don't weep, don't weep. He said, there's, there's a time for weeping. There's a time for uh, all things. Solomon said that, right? There's a time for everything. Everything under the sun, there's a season for it. There's a time. And now quit your weeping. Quit your weeping because you've been wrong. But the good thing is, is that God is going to make you right. And so go forth and uh, just enjoy this day. This is a holy day unto the Lord. And uh, don't weep no more. And don't be sorry no more. For the joy of the Lord is here in this place and in this camp. And this began to speak to me a little bit. The Lord was just showing me uh, just some things about joy um, I, I want to look at this scripture, and I've heard it preached kind of both ways, and so I'm going to set this thought at you. Uh, we've got this uh, double entendre again, meaning uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and you can see that in two ways. And I, and I want to talk about both those ways this morning. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Number one, that could mean the joy of the Lord is the strength to you. Number two, that could mean your strength is the joy of the Lord. And so I heard somebody got up and preached. This business been when I was a kid, a long time ago, and said that it can't possibly mean that your strength gives the Lord joy. But I think it does. So we've got this double entendre that, that can mean two things. It's one statement that can mean two things. And, and so I want to look at that a little bit this morning. I want to go back to the first Adam. Remember we preached, if you can remember all the way back to last Sunday, we preached about the first Adam, the second Adam, and the third Adam. And, of course, we've never heard preaching about the third Adam before, so that was kind of a surprise. And, and, but we realized the third Adam is really those who are born again in Christ Jesus. But I want to go back to Adam there for a little bit, and, and let's, let's talk about the man. Uh, he is he's developed before God laid him out. God says that, that I'm going to create man in my image. Now, <clears throat> if you're Frederick Price, you believe that Adam laying on the dirt was an exact copy of God in heaven. Because we have a problem with that. Because Jesus said that God is not flesh, but in John 4, he said God is spirit. So the man laying there in the dirt could not be an exact copy of God in heaven. However, looking forward to the prototype which was to come, the man laying there looks like the prototype that is to come, and that is the second Adam. Can you say amen? So, but in him, into Adam, God places some things in Adam that are just like him. 
And so this is interesting. I don't know if you've ever looked at it this way and thought about it this way, but God put emotions into Adam. He was just a dead man. If you don't have emotions in your life, you're a dead person. You're just walking around dead. I think I'm losing the victory here. Mike's about to be dead, and this one's pretty hot. And, and so uh, God puts into Adam emotions. Sometimes we fight the emotions in our life. Amen? Okay, we're, we're connected to Adam number one. Don't forget that. We're men. We're of the dirt. We're women. We're, we're of this natural course of life. I'll get the right one soon. But Adam uh, is empty. He's a shell of a man. I don't know if you've dealt with people who, who their emotions are shot. I mean, it's almost like they're walking. I don't watch it. I hate it. And whenever the commercials come on, I, I turn them away. The Walking Dead. But it's like these people know just absolutely dead inside. Dead men walking. Well, that's not what God created. That's not what he wanted. He puts into Adam something more than just breathing in and out. We know that God breathed in him into him life. But he put into him emotions. Do you know that those emotions came from God? This also is in the image of God. There's four basic emotions, depending on who you read, which psychologist. Some of them believe there's, there's many, but there are they're basic. Let's, let's read the four. Joy. Sorrow, fear, and anger. And from those four emotions comes everything else. All of your emotions come from those four basic emotions. Joy and sorrow and fear and anger. So, I can't get out of Genesis without God showing joy and sorrow and anger. Let me tell you where fear came in. Fear came in in the fall. Adam had that capacity to have fear. But in the beginning, he had no fear until the fall. And what's the first thing he says? We ate of the fruit, and we were naked, and we were afraid. So that didn't come with along with the emotion that God had put in him. That developed because of sin. But if you look at God in this, in this first uh, book of the Bible, you wonder how elated and how joyful it must have been when God who had created all things and has this dead body laying there on the dirt and has created everything so that that man would be the center of all things, like Christ being the center of all things, that man was what the earth was about. The earth wasn't about animals. It, it, it wasn't about trees and, and, and fruit. Those were all there for the man. We liken that to when, when, when uh, it thinks in Colossians it said, and for him all things were created. And because of him all things were created. And for his pleasure 
we are created. See, the center of the universe is this atom thing. And there's, oh, man, you go to college and, and you're going to learn different than that, that some people come out of, out of higher learning, and to them, uh, a dog is just as worthy as a person. I'm sorry, no. We love our dogs, right? Our dogs are not worthy to be compared to a person. Um, people will kill others to save trees. That makes a lot of sense. The people that are saving trees are aborting babies by the thousands. That makes a lot of sense because our value is mixed up. This earth is about Adam. It's about the first Adam. It's about the second Adam. And it is about the third Adam. That's what this earth is about. That's why God made it. So when we look at God in what joy that he must have had when he had finally created this thing. And he said, it is good. He's bragging on himself. There was no one else to brag on him. He said, what I've created is good. And when he breathed that breath of life into Adam, and Adam jumped up out of there, I almost believe that, that the Lord was in himself doing a jig. Is that wrong? What joy he had. Looks at this. I've accomplished what I intended to do in creation. And there's that man. And I love him. There's my creation. There's my handiwork in action. There, that's exactly what I had intended and what joy he must have experienced. I'm just going to look at it that way. So he had joy. There's other references, but I haven't got out of the book of Genesis yet. We have to look at sorrow. In the sixth chapter, we only get to the sixth chapter. And then it says that God saw the wickedness of men and he was grieved in his heart. Sorrow. Where did Adam get the emotion of sorrow? He got it from God. God was grieved. In fact, he was so grieved, so upset that he said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Mmm, a little bit of anger right there. Let me tell you something. Your emotions are okay. They just have to be harnessed. We don't live by emotions, but we need them. We don't make decisions by emotion, but we need them. As God put it into us, it's natural, it's normal. And now God is angry. He's angry with the world, angry enough to say, I'm going to completely destroy all of this beautiful creation that I said was good. And I'm willing now to destroy it. Can you see that God also has emotion? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Here comes the joy again. I mean, for us to, to go up and down in life a little bit, you know, I'm going to have to look at that and say, Lord, I, I can see you doing this a little bit. I can see you getting angry, but then I can see you joyful again. And, 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 and so don't beat yourself up too bad if you go up and down a little bit in life. How many of you have experienced that a little bit? I mean, it's pretty, pretty easy. It's, it's you. Let me just compare it to this. 
I've done this myself. Look in the mail, you got a check. What happens? Joy. In that same wad of mail, you hadn't opened it up enough, and you got a bill that you don't think you deserve. What happens now? Anger. And we, we course in life a little bit like that. We do course in life a little. And, and, I, and I know that you know, God's trying to iron out our lives so that, so that we don't take big dives and, and go up real high and then come back down. And, and he, he's, tr- he's trying to get it a little more level in our life. But don't deny that, that you need emotion in your life. It's part of us. And, and so when I look at this scripture, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I look at it in this way, I can say, yes, both ways, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Can you imagine the joy of the Lord? When the second Adam was born. You talk about a plan coming together. Now we're going to have to take the logos of God out of the first chapter, the first verse of John. Go down to the 14th where it said, And the Logos became flesh and dwelled among us. And now this real plan and purpose has, has blossomed and come together. If the Lord was joyful at the, at the birth of Adam, how much more joyful was he was at his plan coming together and the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ for which intention he had made the world. I think there's some dancing going on in heaven. Some shouting. Some joy. I saw the scripture that told me what the angels were doing. Angels came down. One of them comes to the shepherd and, and said, tells him this day a child has been born. The Christ is it's been born, you will find him lying Bethlehem in the manger. And they went to, but, but immediately, it says, immediately the heavens sprung open. And the host, the host, the reason why it says host, because it's innumerable. The host of heaven began to shout in heaven, glory to God in the highest and upon earth. That place, heaven was shook with joy. Elation. Because of God's plan and God's purpose. And and here this Christ child had been born. And we heard the voice out of heaven over him, not at his birth, but at at other places, other times. It said, this is my son in whom my pleasure lies. What joy it was. Now, I'm going to go back to those 18 years. Remember a few Sundays ago we talked about from 12 to 30? Those 18 years of pure fellowship of glory between Father and Son. Between the God that couldn't be seen and His manifestation in the earth, the Son, the child that was born unto God, out of from within God. Now, this communion is going on as a man and as God, and, and the beauty and glory of this, there is just this great joy 
that's going on. I, I think we could probably replace the word glory in the first few verses of, of John 17 where it says, let's return to the glory. Let's return to that joy that was there. Can you say amen? The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. Hey, that's our strength. And so when that child was born, the heavens erupted. But can you imagine the sorrow when he was rejected and despised and turned away? When God came to his own with his best. When God revealed himself, I am in flesh. And they turned him away. They wouldn't listen. They wouldn't receive him. He came to his own, his own, received him not. Can you imagine now the sorrow? I think we'll see it this way. And Jesus rode up to Jerusalem and looked at Jerusalem and began to weep over Jerusalem and said, I would have gathered you. How often I would have gathered you unto myself, but you would not. And so the Lord is showing sorrow, and I believe God is sorrowful. If he was sorrowful that he created man in the sixth chapter of Genesis, how sorry is he now that he's came with his gift of salvation and they will not receive it. But they turn him away. I heard a song that said, the angels must have cried when Jesus was crucified. They were shouting Heaven was erupting when he was born. They must have been weeping when he died. But sorrow endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen? And those angels, heaven, that I believe those angels saw the Lord that they had celebrated now hanging there dying there and they must have felt the sorrow and so we know that Jesus had said I could call the legions of angels that would deliver me right now so they were on watch they were on call. I would kind of believe they were anticipating getting that call. That this was not right. This shouldn't happen. The angels didn't understand the plan of salvation. They've looked into it, but they don't know it. They don't understand it. And so I believe there was sorrow in heaven. Anger. How frustrated the Lord must have been, that they took this beloved son in whom the pleasure lies and beat him, and tormented him, tortured him, and nailed him on a cross. We know it's the plan of God, but I'm talking about emotion. I'm talking about what must have been going back and forth in God. But now, like Jesus said, a 
woman travails until the child is born. Mandy's going to be first, I think. You give me first, Mandy. She's ready to be done, right? But all you ladies, you know, that's had children, the travail is, I can't imagine the pain. I've heard the screaming and yelling, weeping, travail, yelling at husbands, that kind of thing. I don't want to do this anymore. It's, we've got to finish this, right? But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the child is born. And there's a smile on everybody's face in the room including the doctor, the nurses. You hear that little scream come out? Oh, my goodness. The travail turns to joy. This is what Jesus said. So now can you imagine with me the Lord who, the joy that was set before Him. He's going to endure the cross and despise the shame and be... He is, he's going to feel more pain than a woman ever felt in travail. Literally dying, bleeding out on the cross in torment and agony. But for the joy that's set before him, he endures the cross, despises the shame, and he is set down in the right of God as God. So I've wondered, what was, what was the joy that was set before him? Has anybody else ever wondered that? So, well, maybe the joy was sitting down as God, sitting down on the throne. No, 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 no. Time out. He was already God. He didn't need to come to earth and die and be tormented and tortured in order to become God. He was already God. That can't be the joy that was set before him. He already had that. The joy that was set before him was the third Adam. Mm -hmm. You and I were the joy that was set before him. Do you think that the Lord takes pleasure and joy in his church? I think, you know, we've done a misjustice, injustice in a lot of ways. I think some of our kids, one of the reasons why kids leave church, they don't see the joy of Jesus. They don't see the joy of serving the Lord at all. All they see is the joy of the world. It's, howbeit it's temporary, there is joy there. There's pleasure in sin for a season, then it kills you. But there's some joy there. But they look at the church and it's almost like we've got to the place we're, we're living out of fear, and, and we need that respect. We need the fear of God. But, but we can't lose the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And if our young people don't understand that this is the good life, and I say that over and over, oh, Brother Davis, who came to our church, we didn't know him, don't know the Davises, and you know Jimmy now and some of them, and, and we know a lot of the Davises uh, 
George, he's just up the road a ways, and we heard him preach. But old Daddy Davis, he would—he had a big face, and we call it jowls. But he would swing his face like that, and and he'd say, "This is the good life," and he is exactly right. The joy of the Lord, and so the church. I think sometimes we've got to an emotional place where we're we only see the sorrow. We see the, the, the things that, that, are, that are happening around us, and it seems sad. It seems horrible, all the condition of the world. And if we're not careful, we get locked into an emotion that is not healthy for us because sorrow is there, but only for a time. They're just joy has to prevail in the life of a Christian. It's got to be there. If you don't have any joy in serving Jesus, then, then you're not going to want to serve Him very long. And so can you imagine the joy that returns to heaven? We saw the joy in the angels in heaven rejoicing at the birth of a second Adam, Christ child. And now the sorrow which hits heaven over the whole handling of the Messiah Lord. And then, but when he breathes breath of life, when he one more time takes Adam who is unbreathing he is dead he has not the spirit of life in him and on the day of pentecost and 120 men and women are sitting in an upper room and and god breathes just go ahead and look at the greek and you're going to find out that what god did on the day of pentecost is that he breathed into the room and when he breathed into the room he brought the third adam to life and it wasn't just one. There was 120. And so when Jesus said that the angels in heaven rejoice over one who was lost and now is found and comes to the Lord, can you imagine their joy at 120 instantly? The heavens one more time are celebrating. And let's don't leave it there. At the end of the day, there's another 3,000 that are burst into the kingdom. Can you imagine the joy and the celebration now? You know, I like to think. I, do you ever feel isolated? Like, you know, I don't know if anybody's really watching anyway. I just feel alone today. I feel like, God, where are you? You don't even know what's happening to me. I don't see that at all in the Scripture. What I see is a watchful eye over us. What I see is that God is rejoicing over His children. What I see that He is singing with songs over His children is that He is blessed. I don't know if you're blessed when you get together with your family. And so we just had a little, little family reunion right here. And I'm sure they're just having the greatest time and blessed. I know when we get the kids together and we all come together Oh man, what a what a glorious time it is! They're just just uh, talking and 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 goofing off and and running. And now I got the little guy tearing up Jack, and we're just having a time because we love our children, right? God loves His children. Don't you thank the Lord this morning at the gathering of His people? It puts a smile on His face. 
that he rejoices over us with singing. Can you say amen this morning? And so the joy of the Lord strengthens us. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Oh, it just, it's so hard to serve the Lord. No, 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 we're not taking that angle. Boy, I'll tell you, I've heard people testify, call for a testimony. I don't want any of these kind of testimonies, but call for a testimony. We had such a great time in the world. I'll tell you, we cut it up. We did this and we did that. And then I came to Jesus. And, you know, pray God I'll hold on faithful to the end. That's not a testimony. There's no joy in that at all, right? I'm going to tell you the, the real testimony. The devil was tearing me up. He was ruining my life, ruining my family, ruining my future. And then Jesus came into my life. And now I have life and I have it more abundantly. And now I enjoy living every single day. Best day of my life. Get up tomorrow. Next best day of my life. Because with joy we draw water from the wells of salvation. Now, it talks about our salvation in verse 2. That was Isaiah 12, 3. Verse 2, it says, Jehovah is our salvation. Now, when you come to the Lord, you don't come to Him with joy. You come to Him with sorrow. Godly sorrow works repentance. Amen? So you come in sorrow. And I can see now, if we go back to Nehemiah, those people are crying. They are just distraught for how they've been. They've been in sin. They've been walking away from the law. They've been, and, and now it's exposed to them. I want to tell you this. When, when God gets in your heart, I don't have to tell you that you need to repent of this and that and the other. You come confess to me all of your sins. You don't need to do that because it's exposed to you and your heart is ripped in sorrow and tears now. People come to altar. Why do they cry? Because they're in sorrow. They know what, what they've done. They know where they've been. They know what's going on in their life. And they have offended God. And they know that. And they've offended their families. They've offended people. And they know that. But, but then you draw salvation. And the sorrow turns to joy. He turned my sorrow into joy. Over and over and over and over and over again. He turned my sorrow into joy. Serving Jesus is joy. Church, say amen. Serving Jesus is not drudgery. Serving Jesus is not I hate it. You know, hope the, uh, hold on faithful to the end. Serving Jesus is not I don't want to go to hell. Serving Jesus is joy. Walking with Him is joy. And salvation is joy. Everything about Him relating to us is bringing joy into our life. That's who we serve. Too many of us go around with what's happening to the flesh, Adam, and allow the flesh, Adam, to dictate what's happening. In other words, the first Adam's dictating to the third Adam. Well, you just don't understand. Man, I've got, I've got situations in my life. Brother Jake, you've got situations in your life. Sister Sherry's got a situation in her life. People, you may be here this morning and have some situations in your life. That, and, and it's dictating to you your joy. It's the first Adam. 
But something in your soul, Brother Jake, has to say, like you testify all the time. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is the strength of my life. And so I believe this morning, no matter what your situation is in life, you've got a Lord who wants to bring His joy into you, and you may still have that situation. You may still be fighting certain things about your life that that don't seem like you want them to be. But I want to tell you this. You get the joy in your life, and it's going to pick you right up. You get the joy of God in your life. The first Adam is going to have to bow down to what God has done in the third Adam, and that is breathe his life into your spirit so that in him we live and move and have our being. Can you say amen? Glory. Thank you. I hope you're getting something this morning. hope you're getting something. Andre Crouch wrote this, he said, in a song, you know it. If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. So you're not going to live constantly in this realm in the flesh in joy. It's just not going to happen. That's called happiness to the flesh. Let me tell you how you get there. You drink, you do drugs. You run around with, you know, women or men and, and just do all kinds of stuff. And you just keep the ha- try and keep the happiness up there. And then soon it falls flat and, and, uh, and then you die. But the joy of the Lord is something deeper than the problems outside. I can have a problem outside. Look at old Job. and This man doesn't even know what the, the infilling into his heart. He doesn't even know an inner thing. But he has been stripped of everything. But yet his testimony is, I don't understand this. And though the flesh worms eat my body, and though I'm down here and everything has gone wrong, I'm going to trust the Lord God of my salvation. Somehow he's going to come through. Somehow it doesn't matter. Okay, I may die but I'm trusting Him. I may not get through some of the situations of my life. They may try and plague me continually, but my hope is not in that. My hope is in the Lord. He brings the joy to my life. Because I want to tell you this, you get out of one situation and you're going to climb right into another one. I thought about this. If you were instantly healed, the Lord instantly healed people. The Lord called um, Lazarus out of the grave, restored his life to him. A few, la- few days, uh, years later, Lazarus died. The Lord healed people with blinded eyes, and then they got something else. So this instantaneous happiness feeling is not enough. I've been down there crying, and Rodney testified to this the other day. I've been down there crying. We've been self-employed all our life and run out of jobs. And, Lord, what am I going to do? i got these kids. What are we going to do? And then all of a sudden, the phone rings. We get a job. I say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Now I'm on joy again. Woo-hoo-hoo. Until that job runs out. Now I'm on sorrow again. And then I'm on joy. It just. But there's something constant that God wants to do in our life. That no matter what's happening out there, that we have the joy of the Lord in our heart. Can you say amen? Oh, it's an enduring joy. The Lord said, it used peace, but, 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 but we, can, 
We can substitute joy in there. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. But my peace. What kind of peace did he have in crucifixion? It was still inside of him. Hey, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Sorrow, right? What's the end of that? But the Lord delivers them out of them all. Now we can rejoice. But if you can rejoice when it's time to have sorrow, then you'll understand the peace and the joy of the Lord in your life. Amen. Amen. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but rather righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit of Christ. So I take this, I want to expand on this verse just a little bit and say this. The kingdom of God is not about the first Adam. It's not about the natural man. It's not about physical stuff. Jesus said, my kingdom was of this world. It would be different. My kingdom is not of this world. But rather, it is about the Holy Spirit of Christ being evident in his disciples by righteousness, peace, and joy. John 15, 11. These things have I spoken to you that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be full. I'm about ready to get happy this morning. I mean, I'm not much or we don't do much shouting around here. I'm not against it. We just don't do a lot of it. I mean, I was raised up where there was a lot of well, let me say, there's some first Adam shouting and there's some third Adam shouting. Huh? That's the first Adam shouting. He'd go and knock all the microphones and, and knock the speakers over and everything busted up. I don't want that. People running and knocking things down. I've seen all that. But there is a joy. Don't try and serve God without emotion. Don't try and serve him without the joy. Amen. But there's a joy. So I want to read. I'm going to finish. We're, we're getting out early today, man. You guys are going to love me like you can't believe but I just want to read, um, if you have your scriptures, go to 1 John. And I just want to read the, the first few verses of 1 John. This is so powerful. And the Lord began to, uh, began to show me a purpose here as John relates to us. John was with the Lord, you know. John traveled with the Lord. John was a, he considered himself to be the beloved one, but he did love his Lord. And now years later, after the Lord has, has gone away and ascended, and they don't see him in that measure anymore, they will not see the flesh of the Lord anymore. He's going to write back to the church. Such a powerful word. And so these first four verses, I'm, I'm sorry, I cannot read it on King James. I I can't, I don't agree with that. So, and neither does the, the, the Greek text. So bear with me. I'm going to try and read it to you word for word out of the Greek text. The one which was from the beginning, the one we have heard, the one we have seen with our eyes, the one we beheld. And the hands of us touched concerning 
the Logos of life. And the life was revealed, and we have seen, and we have witnessed, and, and we announce to you the life everlasting, which was, cross Tom Patera, I'm just going to leave that right now, and was revealed to us the one which we have seen and which have heard, we announce to you. That also you may have fellowship with us, truly fellowship, and in our fellowship with Father and with the Son of Him, Jesus Christ, and these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Well, that sounds like we have two fellowships. Well, no, Thomas had it right. Jesus, you are my Lord, second Adam, and you are my God, Yahweh. The fellowship with him is with us, and the joy that God wants in his church is with the fellowship with us. We share joy one with another. Is that okay to say? So when one is down, what do we do? Beat him down further, Vance. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, this is horrible. And he walks out of church, you have to show him to his car. Or we can lift a brother up. Come on, say amen. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Ye that are strong, lift one who is weak up. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we want to preach. We don't want to forget in all of our preaching and all of our doing and all of our living. We can't forget that joy of the Lord is an essential part of our Christian walk. So God, we want to be blessed and happy in you. Can you say amen? We want to leave out of here with the joy of the Lord. Not as the world gives. See, this is why we don't preach the foolishness of the world. We don't preach a, a gospel, a social gospel. We don't preach that. Because people go out of there happy. We don't want you to go out of here happy. We want you to go out of here with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Can you say amen? Is there anybody that needs strength here today? You don't have to raise your hand. So I just need some strength in my life. I just thank you, Pastor. Thank you for bringing that out. I need that strength in my life. I've been going through some, a few things. I've been, the, the, the emotions want to put me in the other place, but, but I can see that, that my joy has to stay in him. My life has to stay in him. He's going to come through, y'all. He's going to do good for you, you all. He's going to bless you. Stay right in there and keep receiving the joy of the Lord in your life. Amen. Would you stand? God bless you. I told you we'd be short today. Look at that. Get out to the restaurants really, really fast and everything. But I hope a word just touched you today. That's why the scripture said, Don't be weary in well doing. Sometimes we can get there, right? I know as a pastor, in times I've been, Oh man, it just seemed like this went wrong, and that person had this, and I had to deal with that and the other. And, and, and pretty soon you start to lose that effective joy in your life. You're not careful. But don't grow weary. 
Keep on believing. Keep on trusting. God's going to come through in your life. Amen. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We praise you this morning. God, the joy that you have left with us, that our joy may be full. I don't want just a part joy in my life. I want the fullness which you have put, which you have ordained for each one of us, your believers, those little third Adam people that have been birthed by the Spirit of God, that their life may be filled, that you said that we may enjoy this life in you. We pray, oh God, for everyone that heard our voice this morning, that you would just touch them in this area and magnify it and magnify your name, Jesus. We pray. Amen.